not a lot of athletes have gone to the Olympics and then finished their senior year of high school. Like nobody tells you how to prepare for, you know, teenage drama and jealousy and you feeling kind of cocky to a degree. Like there's just so much there to, to navigate. And I'm, I'm Maddie. I'm Z. What's up, sports fans? It's former NFL wide receiver Stevie Johnson. The wait is finally over. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is now live in Kentucky. And new customers can get in on the action with $200 of bonus bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Mercury. Finally, you can bet on your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. This means you'll be able to place all kinds of bets, even live bets. Say you just have a feeling your favorite wide receiver in college football is going to get loose in the final minutes. Go ahead and live bet for him to score on the next drive. I promise you won't regret it. So start betting now on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to win $200 of bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mercury and make every moment more. Must be 21 and up and present in Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, guys, I got a hoodie on today, and it's because fresh ball fall is officially upon us, and it's time to get in the spirit. Guys, go out and get your Manscaped kit with using the 8Girls code, 8Girls20, for 20% off and free shipping. And guys, get those balls looking nice for fall. It's getting real cold out. You want to stay cozy. But use Manscaped to get yourself right. Throw those women or men in your life and use our code to get 15, 20% off at checkout. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the It Girls podcast where we're telling the stories of winning women. And guys, I'm so excited. We get the awesome privilege to talk to this awesome woman. And um, she's hopefully a proud Wildcat of the University of Kentucky. She's an Olympic Olympic gold medalist, a world champion, a world record holder, Miss um, Sydney McLaughlin Lebron. We are so excited to have you here. How are you doing, Sid? I am great. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Sid, it's so funny because Z and I were talking before the show, and we're like, we think you're only a year or two older than us, right? What year did you graduate high school? 2017. Yeah, two years older. Okay. Um, and I think that so you must have left Kentucky the year before we came. I think right. I was just there for the 2018 season and then, yeah, I left. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we have some mutual connections. Like we know Carly Hinkle, who was obviously in your wedding. Carly's great. She's, she was really good friends with some of our teammates. So we have like all these mutual connections. We're like, we just got to make this happen somehow. So thank you so much. It's be a good episode. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Sid, we were like talking before we got on here and Maddie was like, should we like make her do an elevator pitch? Like, like everyone kind of knows things about her. And I was like, well, that's the point of this. Like people think they know who you are and what you're about, but we want you to share that. And so in your like shortest two two minute version, like who are you? What are you about? What's going on with you? Oh, snap. Okay. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think people who do know 
sports or, you know, know Kentucky, know that I ran track. Um, I grew up in New Jersey, one of four children. Um, my parents ran track. My dad made it to the Olympic trials in, I think, 88 and almost made the team. Track's run in my family my whole life. And um, that's just kind of always been my go-to. I did a whole bunch of sports. I knew I wanted to be some sort of professional athlete. And I think for me, the reason I stuck with track is just that freedom that I felt between the start and finish line. Um, I felt like no one could tell me anything and that freedom kind of, <laughs> it invigorated me. Um, and growing up, I grew up in a Christian household raised under Christian values. That's like the number one thing in my life, but it didn't become serious until COVID. And I think that for me is when track and my faith just collided and God took my career and kind of started soaring with it. And I think that's what's resulted in world records and Olympic medals and all the things. Um, I can't take credit for it, but I'm excited to see where the journey goes. I feel like a rookie and a vet at the same time. And I'm just <laughs> excited to see what these next couple of years bring. So um, that was a, that was, that was a good pitch. That's it. Are you already t said more than some people. Most people are like, I have a dog named Sally. I, uh, I live in Denver or whatever. So that was, that was awesome. Um, so it's something that stuck out to me in the elevator pitch you just gave was that you really grew in your faith during COVID. Yeah. And I relate to that at such a deep level. I think that there was a lot of bad that came out of COVID. We know, yeah. but I think a lot of good that came out of COVID as well of just having that time to reflect and, you know, you had to make some tough decisions and discipline was so big during COVID, right. As, as all of us were college athletes at that time and figuring for, in your case, you were just leaving college athletics. But, um, so tell us about how you grew in your faith during that time. How did, um, I'm sure for me, like that's when my testimony really started was when I started diving into the book. Um, and my parents kind of looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, what's my 18 year old <laughs> just reading the Bible all the time. Um, so tell us about your journey, uh, in 2020. Yeah. Great question. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that for you was also a time that you felt like you really grew in that. That's just for a lot of people. I feel like it was a time where they were faced with a choice. You know, it's like, what am I going to put my identity in right now when I have absolutely nothing? You know, COVID left all of us sitting at home with just ourselves. And like you said, that was a time to reflect. And I think for me, reflecting, I, I realized just how like broken I was from trying to live my life my way. Um, you know, I said I grew up in the church and I always knew that like giving my life to God and, and dedicating my life to him was um a beneficial thing. But to me, I had always viewed it as like losing my freedom in life because I felt like the Bible was just a bunch of like rules that they put in place so that you couldn't have fun and enjoy life. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll go live my life. And then when I'm done having fun, then I'll, you know, do that. But um, I, I tried doing that. I tried finding my purpose and fulfillment and track and relationships and success. And honestly, each time I dove deeper, I just ended up more broken. Um, to the point where COVID, I was really just like depressed, you know, and um, I lived alone. I did have a dog at the time, not Sally. <laughs> her, name, her name her name, is Lele. Um, and I just realized, I was like, you have a lot of baggage and just stuff that you've never dealt with and you don't know who you are. And so for me at the time, I tried talking to a therapist um, just someone in LA virtually on zoom. And it was a 45 minute conversation. And at the end of it, she was like, I'm just going to prescribe you some pills. And I was like, there just has to be a better way than this. And I was like, God, I am done running from you. I've seen you try to work in my life and I've kept running. And I was like, I give up. 
you know, like I can't, I can't do it myself. And so that's kind of for me when I started diving deeper and just wanting to learn more. And it's actually the same time I kind of met my husband uh, who wasn't my husband at the time. And he actually kind of helped disciple me, which was insane. Um, and yeah, that was three years ago this November. And I just have not looked back. So the biggest blessing, you know, I, I think a lot of people watched that video of the Oklahoma softball team after, I don't know if you saw it, but one of the girls specifically said that she's like, we are undefeated. We won all these national championships. And I think she said something along the lines of like, after I won the national championship, I was, I still felt so empty and unfulfilled. And then when she put her heart in Jesus and started finding her, finding what truly matters and her identity in Jesus, it it really changed everything. And I think that kind of goes to your point as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another thing that you said um, that we've been talking about in church has been like freedom, not freedom to, but freedom from like freedom from your sin and from having to deal with all those things that's found in Christ. And I think that's really awesome. The confusion with our generation of what freedom really means. And so that's really cool. Um, With that, I think it's been kind of interesting your life. Like weirdly enough, it feels like we've kind of seen you grow up and a lot of people have seen you since you were 15, 16, grow and grow and grow. And you were in the Olympics when you were 16 years old. And so how did it, like, how did you handle that? So to speak fame at such a young age, like you came to campus at UK, you're bigger than any basketball, any football crew. Everyone knows who you are. Like, what is that? What did that look like for a 17, 18 year old? It's so funny. Like I've had to reflect on this writing my book, which comes out in January. And don't ask, I don't, it was not my idea to write a book, but <laughs> we're that, was, that was coming up. Don't worry. I've had people be like, um, are you sure like you've lived enough life? And I'm like, no, I'm not sure. But they approached us and were like, we would love to just know how you've made it this far with your faith, with your career. And I'm like, listen, if the Lord uses this to bless somebody, then praise God. But, um, I just say that to say I've had to reflect a lot on like those years of um, going to the Olympics, coming back to high school, going to college and just it's a space that nobody can prepare you for Um, because it's a it's a space that like not a lot of people have been, you know, like not a lot of athletes have gone to the Olympics and then finished their senior year of high school. Like nobody tells you how to prepare for, you know, teenage drama and jealousy and you feeling kind of cocky to a degree, like there's just so much there to, to navigate. And I wish at the time I had a better relationship with Christ. Cause I feel like I would have known how to handle it better. Um, but I think I handled it the best uh, 17, 18 year old could, you know, which is try your best to remain as humble as possible. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of eyes on you now. There's a lot of expectations. There's a lot of, uh, new friends that come out of nowhere and, it's just a very interesting time. So I'll be honest, I don't think I handled it the best way I could have. Um, looking back, I think I made a lot of mistakes and I think I um, I just left a trail of, of hurt and friendships and relationships along the way. But um, I feel like, you know, that's a part of life is you can reflect and look back and say, at least I've grown from that and, and learned. So Absolutely. And everything happens for a reason, obviously your success at a young age happened for a reason. And, and now you're able to win at a really high level and glorify God to, I mean, every single thing you win, Sid, you are the first thing that comes out of your mouth is thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And that is 
it resonates throughout all of social media. And that is so cool. Like God, God knew that was going to happen in your life, which is just really exciting. Um, so it's funny that you brought that up or Z's question segue, segues well into this. I listen to your podcast. I'm a podcast junkie. Like <laughs> I am obsessed with listening to podcasts. Um, and so maybe a year and a half ago, you did one with Sydney Robertson. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good is my ish. Like <laughs> I listen to that on repeat. Um, but honestly, I think Sadie probably relates a lot in this way of being famous at a really young age, obviously for very different reasons. Um, so with that being said, how do you think, you know, and you also mentioned a lot of people want to be your friend, right? Mm -hmm. And you have this, you have a group of friends, you have a person to call when you need encouragement, person to call when you need accountability, whatever that is. But at the same time, we're called to love strangers, right? Or love, love everyone. So how do you balance the, I need to show love to everyone, but also like, I need to keep my people, my people. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of it nowadays, I can't speak for back then because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, But I can speak for now when I say that I I truly like my closest relationships are aligned with people who believe the same things. Um, Because I think those are the friendships that are going to edify you, build you up, hold you accountable. Um, And ultimately, like, if you've ever had conversations with people, I feel like about God, about the Lord, about the Bible, they're the most refreshing conversations. But then there's other conversations that you have where you just feel like we're not really talking about anything, you know, like we're just talking to talk. And so you do love everybody. You do love people who don't believe the same things as you. You love strangers on the street and you show compassion and you show Christ to them. But I do know that my closest circle is going to be those who I know are living a life that is walking towards Christ, um, because those are the people that I know are going to be there with me through it all the same way Christ has been there with me through it all, you know? Um, so I think that circle is small, that circle is intimate, but that circle is dedicated people who love the Lord. I said, that's really awesome. And it kind of reminds me of like iron sharpens iron in the same way. And that leads to my, my next question is I, last time I talked to you, we were at, it was in May maybe. And you were talking about your training group there in LA and it was all these names that I'm really familiar with because I, I am familiar with track, but Talk about your training group and what it's like to compete with a group like that every single day. Like that's an elite group and who's in that group and what does that do for your your career and your competition? I'm sorry, Taylor. I got to interrupt you. Does Sid know like how good you are at track? Like you're not, you haven't really, she, she like did not want me to tell you this, but like, there's no way. That would be like, sorry, to be like so frank right now, that would be like asking if LeBron James is on our podcast and telling someone that ran played basketball in high school. Tell LeBron how good you were at basketball. Oh, you were good. No. He won the she won the uh 400 meter dash uh world championship in 7th no. grade. Am I making that up? I I won nationals. I won USA nationals. I won AAU nationals. I was I was really good. I don't run track anymore. We have Cindy McLaughlin on the podcast, and I want Cindy to talk about her. Bragging on her friend. Let her brag on her friend. (laughs) 
What's up, sports fans? It's former NFL wide receiver Stevie Johnson. The wait is finally over. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is now live in Kentucky. And new customers can get in on the action with $200 of bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Mercury. Finally, you can bet on your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. You'll be able to place all kinds of bets. And the bigger the underdog, the bigger your potential winnings. Say you were to bet on your team to take down the number one team in the country. You can even bet on a game to be decided in three overtimes if you wanted to. Seems like it'll be worth it in my book. So start betting now on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to win $200 of bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mercury and make every moment more. Must be 21 and up in President Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit Required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Listen, AAU is my jam, okay? Yeah. We love, we love that. I oh, my God. You're killing it in a completely different sport now. So, I mean. Totally. You got to brag on it. Um, our group is, yeah, we have a great group. A very high class level group. Um, a thing move, the... Olympic gold medalist in the 800, um, also the American record holder. We have uh, Jenna Prandini, who was an All-American at Oregon, also an Olympian um, in the one and the two. Kenny Harrison was the world record holder in the 100-meter hurdles. Amazing. Also went to Kentucky, so she's a wildcat alum. And um, who else? We had, well, Brandon Miller just left our group, but also an amazing 800 runner. My brother, Taylor McLaughlin, also an amazing 400-meter hurdler. Um, Morlakea Kinnison, also uh, an Olympian and a, a world champion in the 100 in terms of the 4x1. Um, and and Chloe Abbott, who was on The Voice, also yep. Kentucky. Um, yeah. Well, it's a great group, a very diverse group, um, very energetic group. And it's just cool being able to all of us in our different events kind of like train together, but also like support each other, which is cool. There's not like a bunch of like beef rivalry kind of stuff going on. It's just really great support from each other and a lot of really high energy at practice. So that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Sid, tell us more about your family. So you're one of four, your brother is obviously uh, performing at a really high level as well, but tell us about all your siblings. Has that kind of shaped who you are in a lot of ways? I'm sure. Yeah, when you go one of four, I mean, everything I feel like is a competition to a degree. Um, my older sister, she is 29. Uh, she kind of started off with all the sports and we all just followed in her footsteps. Um, and then my older brother definitely got more involved in, in track. And that to me kind of like sparked my interest because he came home. He was in high school before me. So he came home with uh, kind of like the USA gear like the kit. Cause he had made like a team, like a world youth team. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I want that so bad. Look at all those clothes. That's insane. And so that kind of like fueled my fire. I was like, I need to make a team. Um, and then my younger brother, Ryan, he's always just kind of, you know, been the spunky one who's he's open to whatever he'll do all kinds of sports. He's very creative. Him and my sister are more of the creative ones. And then me and my uh, older brother were the middle. So we're more of the sporty ones. Um, so we've, we kind of have like two and two and, um, it's always been, like I said, a competition for everything, whether it's like pancakes in the morning, 
you're running to be the first one. You get that min- middle cinnamon roll. That's like the best <laughs> one. Man, like it's everything was a competition, um, which I think was great for me. But at the same time, I also had like a built-in cheering section, which was like amazing. So, well, the best. I guess like my next question is, what are your what are your parents like, and what do your parents do? Because to raise mm. kids like that, and it's pretty impressive. So, how's your parents yeah. impacted that? Great question. Uh, so both of my parents ran. My mom ran in high school. She ran the 800 and then my dad ran the 400. Um, so it kind of like perfect mix for 400 hurdles. You know, you need that strength and that speed. Um, but yeah, they, they both are track and field lovers at heart. And um, I, they just did an amazing job, I feel like, because of a lot of the values and morals that my family had growing up. Uh, kind of fostering and and building my career out and protecting protecting their child like that's something I think a lot of people don't really consider especially in an individual sport like track is there's so many things you have to figure out for yourself um, especially going pro in terms of you know talking to shoe companies talking to agents figuring out you know where you're gonna live how you're gonna train I'm not on a college campus so I have to figure out everything you know um, and I think my parents you know my dad works uh, more like in the IT space, but he's always been good at talking to people and negotiating. And my mom has always been good with the numbers. So in terms of accounting and my business, like it's just kind of a perfect team for making things work. So that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Said. Um, oh, go ahead, Z. No, go ahead. Yep. Well, you just talked about um, all the things that come with being a professional, like yeah. choosing your agent and who you want to work for, and. I'm sure when you came out of college, there were plenty of brands and companies mm-hmm. that wanted to represent you. And I'm just curious, like what about New Balance? You have your New Balance hat on. What about them stood out? What about their message to you stayed with you enough where you've yeah. been with them for years now? Man, that was a very interesting time in life. You're at the time I was, I just turned 19 years old. And I'm now sitting in front of all these shoe companies with them offering me money, offering me endorsements. And I'm just like excited for all the free stuff, right? Like (laughs) in my mind, I'm not thinking about the long-term partnership, who's going to be the best for X, Y, and Z. But that's why I think like your support system is so important because I had parents who kept me grounded and kept me focused on the main thing. And so without naming like other companies, a lot of them were trying to sell me a dream of you can be the next X, Y, and Z. Mm. I felt like New Balance wanted to help me be the first Sydney, be the Mm. first me. And how can we do that? How can we build your brand? How can we partner with you in what you want to do? And they've always been there for me, you know, since high school and, and giving my team free uniforms and, you know, inviting us places and, I knew that this was going to be a family partnership for the long run in terms of whether I'm winning or losing, they're still going to be there. Um, Whereas there are other brands and I've seen it in other athletes careers where if you're not competing at the highest level, the love slowly starts to diminish. So Mm -hmm. I knew that they would not switch up on me. I knew that they would be down for whatever I'm down for. And they've just been honestly like the best to work with. That's so awesome. Um, did you see the movie on Michael Jordan and his Air Jordan brand? I saw parts of it. I didn't get to see the whole thing. Yeah, it was it was interesting because so Michael Jordan, like obviously Michael Jordan himself wasn't in it, but like the actor, yeah. they didn't yeah. even have a Michael Jordan character. 
it was just the parents mm. and how influential his mom specifically was in shaping the Air Jordan brand. And like, had she not been influential, like who knows if he would have been on the business side, he still would have been as successful as an athlete, but on the business side, as successful. Um, so I think you're, I mean, you're right on if, if you didn't have the same support system that you, you just, you just won't know with, with the business side where things end up. Um, so to stay on talking more about business, I'm a business girly through and through. I love talking about business. Um, how is it juggling being a full-time athlete and also having to navigate being your own business owner, right? You're an entrepreneur in many ways. Um, and that's like, that's probably more scary in some ways than being an athlete. Like athlete comes easy, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know what this, all the other stuff is. So kind of talk about what that looks like as well. Like I said, I'm blessed to have people around me who help take some of that load off so that it's not all on me. Um, I mean, the reality is I'm a college dropout. Like I didn't get a degree. I was honestly a journalism major. Like business was not my forte. Um, but that's why I think my parents were like such a huge part of it was helping me navigate like, okay, what does it look like to have an LLC and to have to pay your bills and get, you know, monthly payments from your sponsors and, you know, navigating that, paying your taxes, X, Y, and Z. Um, they've made it very helpful to where, you know, like I'm still learning how to handle all of it. Um, now, I think the first couple of years, my goal was, okay, I just need to focus on the running because that's what's going to keep the checks coming in, you know? Um, but right. now that, like I've gotten to a place where I have a handle on my training, my performance, X, Y, and Z. I'm starting to take more of a, a leadership role within that and, and tar- starting to take it over myself, me and my husband, both of us. Um, so I think it's about having people in place who can teach you and help you through it. Um, because especially at that age, like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you just come right. into uh, uh, this situation and you're like, oh, so now I have responsibilities. Okay, let's, what do we do? You know, so. Yeah. And not only do you have all of that and you mentioned your husband, but you're married. And so there's now a whole another person to consider in every single yeah. decision. And I'm just curious, what does that look like? Like juggling mm-hmm. a marriage, a business, a career. And yeah. at 24, I think being married so young, like to the right person, which I will add is a huge part of it, has been the biggest blessing, honestly, Um, because my husband is so involved in all of this, even though he has his own things going on. um, He's just been such a voice of advocating for me to be more involved, more, um, you know, more vocal. And I'm I'm a very timid person by nature. I'm a more reserved person, but he's definitely brought it out of me to take accountability and take ownership of my career, take ownership of my business, all of these things. And uh, he's just been such a support and um, uh, just a force when it comes to doing a lot of these things. You know, Um, I think when you do life with someone who has, like I said, the same goals in mind as you and also your best interest, uh, it's, it happens the, the stress and the load that's put on you. And I think he's done a great job of that. Yeah. And so I guess I know you've been married for what, a year and a half, maybe now. Yeah. Like a year and a half. So what is your best piece of marriage advice through this first year and a half? Oh, good question. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, clear communication is the number one thing. 
when you live your the majority of your life just for you, you're not really responsible to anybody else. Um, you can do what you want. You can go where you want. You can, you're free, you know, and not free in a sense of like, the, now I'm like restrained, but you now have someone, like you said, that you're responsible for, accountable to in, in a partnership with and being able to communicate clearly, whether it's your feelings, whether it's your plans, whether it's your thoughts or fears or emotions helps you guys to be on the same page. And my husband says all the time, like we're teammates, we're not enemies, we're working towards the same thing. And so being able to, whether it's on the court, talk clearly with your teammates, so you guys are on the same game plan, like that for us, I feel like has been huge. Um, Cause he's a talker. I'm not a talker. And so like, he gets frustrated cause he's like, I need you to talk. And I'm like, I don't want to talk. Let's talk later. Um, <laughs> but I've learned, I've learned to like, really like humble myself and be like, this is what's best for us, you know? And I, I tell people like marriage is like someone holding up a mirror in front of you and showing you all the parts of yourself that don't look like Christ. Like mm-hmm. all the time I'm like, okay, you are stubborn. You are a little bit like, um, hard-headed or, you know, prideful. And like, it's an opportunity to really like conform yourself to Christ basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I'm going to write that analogy down and think about that when I'm being a bad girlfriend. Um, so because like 95% of our audience is female Sydney, um, we need to know the love story. So we, we, I'm speaking for the whole audience loves you and Andre, like very much. So you guys are adorable. Your wedding was beautiful um was it raining it was pouring there was tornado outside stop yeah okay so was that was that frustrating or were you guys like lord you got us man like we don't know why it's raining on this day but like we're gonna make like what was it you know he was great he was great um i've always been like uh my wedding day is going to be the dream day of my life kind of girl. So we were supposed to have the ceremony outside the reception inside. And then a week before I found out it was going to be pouring and I was like distraught. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Andre, it's ruined. Everything is ruined. And he was like, Sydney, it's not about the day. It's about the marriage. And I'm like, I hear you, but like rain, like, but like, honestly, it ended up being so beautiful and intimate inside. Like it actually, people were like, we're actually glad you had it inside. It wouldn't have been the same. And I think it just kind of made the space more warm. Like I felt a lot of people after the wedding were like, we felt like the presence of God in this room. Like it was crazy. What's up sports fans? It's former NFL wide receiver, Stevie Johnson. The wait is finally over. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is now live in Kentucky. And new customers can get in on the action with $200 of bonus bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Mercury. Finally, you can bet on your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. You'll even be able to bet on your team's total number of wins for the year. With it being the last year of divisions in the SEC, this is the year the Cats win the East. Ride with me and place a bet, predicting the Cats to win the East. So start betting now on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to win $200 of bonus bets. Win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mercury and make every moment more. Must be 21 and up. President Kentucky. 
five years. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And looking back, I'm like, it was just one of those opportunities to be like, God, I trust you. Like, I don't have control. I'm not in control and I'm okay with that. And I'm going to cherish this moment. And like Andre said, cherish the marriage, not the day. Um, and yeah, it was, it was amazing. So. Oh, so special. Oh, so special. I love it. I'm the same way. I think we had a, we had a teammate that we played with in college who had her wedding day planned out since like she walked on campus like she has like the the she just got engaged so we're like mads we can't wait to see what your wedding's gonna look like (laughs) she just had it all planned out um okay Sid. so tell us the love story how did you guys meet how did relationship evolve um and then how did you i mean tell us the engagement story too those pictures were beautiful as well (laughs) um well we met on instagram I was going to ask that earlier, but I didn't want to be like (laughs) weird. Yes. No, like, okay. So we had a mutual friend who I went to high school with and then he went to college with her. So I guess he had like messaged her like months before, like, is Sydney single? Is she interested? And basically my friend just like never put us on. And so he (sighs) took matters into his own hands and he followed, first he followed me. And so like, I remember looking at his page and being like, okay, like this checks out. But I was like, let me confirm with my friend. So I hit her up and I'm like, okay, just tell me what's wrong with him. Cause there's, there has to be something like, just tell me the flaw. And she was like, this is the same friend who never put us on. And she's like, um, there's, I really don't have anything to say. Like, there's nothing, nothing bad. Like he was focused on football, focused on school, focused on his family and his faith. And I'm like, sounds too good to be true. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I'll follow him back. And he didn't say anything for like two or three weeks. And I was that, like, that's crazy. I was <laughs> like, this is like a waste of a follow. Um, and, and then I posted a picture one day and the caption was like a song title. It was like attention. And he DMs me the picture and he's like, well, you have my attention. How do I get yours? And I'm Whoa. like, okay. <laughs> Not to be too direct. Oh my gosh. Not direct at all. Um, And from there, I mean, we started like texting and stuff. Uh, The first couple like weeks really were just like trying to get to know each other, know about each other's families, faith. Um, And yeah, we talked like just as friends, I think for, um, oh gosh, maybe like two months before we like really started dating. Cause he was like, he made it intentional. He was like, I want to be your friend first. I want to know you. And so during that time, he, this was still COVID. Like this was 2020 COVID, like September, October, November. Um, He's like, yeah, I have to come to LA for a business meeting. So maybe I'll see you. And I'm like, during COVID, bro, there's no business meetings happening. (laughs) So he comes out here, we go to dinner and, um, yeah, it just, I could tell, like, I was like, I remember like the fourth day we ever like really talked. I was like, I think this is going to be my husband. I don't know what's telling me that. I don't know how to confirm it for sure. But I really think like this is my husband. And we started dating after like two months of being friends. We dated long distance. He would fly out like once a month to see me. 
Um, I would fly there when I could because I was training at the time for the Olympics. And we dated for about eight months before we got engaged, Um, which for a lot of people is like, that's not enough time. But like we knew, we knew very quickly. And um, yeah, the engagement was during my like birthday party after the Olympics in Arizona. Uh, It was a girl's trip. And I remember getting ready for dinner and I walk out of the living room into the living room and there's like a videographer standing there. And I'm like, who is this man? My friends are like, oh, well, like we know you have a YouTube channel and your videos suck. So we're going to make a video. And I'm like, girl, terrible cover, horrible cover. Um, I knew at that moment, I was like, yeah, I'm getting engaged today. Um, But I was like, yeah, just play it off. And so we drive there and um, the videographer is literally sitting next to me in the car, like asking me questions. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm literally driving to my engagement right now. (laughs) I'm like, what is happening? This is crazy. Um, And I get there, we get out of the car and like, um, someone at the restaurant like gives me like a card and it's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't be there to celebrate your birthday, but like I have a present for you out on the lawn. And he's just like standing there with like flowers, the candles. And I was like, Sydney, do not trip in these heels right now. Not this. Like that was the only thought in my mind. And then the rest, I kind of just like, my mind went blank. I can't even remember what happened. Blackout (laughs) moment for the rest. That's, like, the funniest thing, though, because, you know, like, a lot of people haven't, like, an inkling as to when they're getting engaged. You can just kind of feel it. But you, like, want to be surprised, right? So you're just, like, all your friends were probably so excited, and they're like, oh, my God, she has no idea. And you're like, girls, I know, and I'm freaking out. (laughs) But also, like, to a degree, I'm, like, I'm I'm not crazy, but, like, I am, I'm a detective. So, like, he had sent me... (laughs) Yeah, a picture of him getting a haircut that day to try to like prove he was still in Maryland. I saved it to my phone and then I look and I'm like, this is from a month ago, bro. Like, this is not. <laughs> so I knew. I knew. Oh, he tried. He tried. Oh, I like about it to this day. To this day, I'm like, I'm like, you really did try. Like, and he's like, yeah, I should have done this and this different. I'm like, it was still beautiful. So yeah, like, beautiful. You know. And honestly, like, your girls were there. That would be so ideal for me. Like, if I got engaged on a girls' trip, like, my right. girls are here to celebrate. It's no. so fun. Exactly. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. It. I was like, going to ask if you'd met him on Instagram, but I didn't want to be the one to ask, and I'm glad you did, so. <laughs> yes. Well, now that's you how said... we Sorry, go ahead. I said that's how we date nowadays. That's... that's yeah. Seriously. 2023. I also like have like a rebuttal to something you said. You said earlier that you're not like you said you're pretty serious and like reserved and not that I don't think you are, but I remember yeah. like I think you have a really funny sense of humor. And I remember when you got to Kentucky, you had on this like jersey and headband and this like yellow duck video and you were like backing down the duck and dunking and I'm like, dude, this is so funny. Do you remember this video yeah. that I'm talking about? I do. I do. Do you not agree that you're a funny person? I no, I didn't say I wasn't funny. Okay, I'm just okay. I just think I'm like, when you get to know me, you're like, oh, she's like legit a comedian. But I, it <laughs> takes a while. It takes a while to kind of get comfortable with people to where I can like show that side. You know what right. I'm saying? Fair like, I'm more reserved. If you don't know me, people are like, oh, she looks kind of mean. But 
once you really know me, it's like, oh, snap. Okay. She can't be serious. Fair enough. I love that. I love that. Z and I always say like, I I, like, I am so, I don't, I don't think I'm funny at all. Like I lead with that. Like, I don't want people to get a misconception, but (laughs) Z is like super funny, but I'm like the really loud one. And Taylor's like a little bit more, well, you're more reserved than me, but it doesn't say a lot, but she's funny. I'm not. That was uh... (laughs) a... How we go about that? Um, love it. Did you like you? I guess we'll bring it up now. You're writing a book. You wrote a book, and it's um been really exciting for you, I'm sure. But uh, one of the things you posted on your Instagram when you kind of advertised the book is that it deals with like a lot of you dealing with perfection and anxiety. And so, when they approached you to write this book, how did you decide that's the route that you wanted to take in writing this? Yeah, I will when they asked me to like kind of tell my story of coming to faith, that has been the theme I feel like of my life, uh, just living in constant fear um, of everything, whether it be results, people, um, the future. And so in writing the book, I really did have to reflect on why I was just so fearful of everything. And I think that fear came from wanting everything to go my way and to be perfect. And um like you said, being, you know, not, not learning to basically like appreciate the freedom in which Christ has given you to be free from certain things. For me, it was that freedom of, of fear, that freedom of being a perfectionist and having to be in control all the time. Um, and learning to be able to put things in God's hands and and trust that his will is better and above mine. Um, it's kind of, just happened that that was the theme (laughs) of my life as I started writing the book. And I was like, wow, like you really were scared of everything. (laughs) And, and it's just been crazy to kind of just see how the Lord has shaped and changed and helped me grow uh, over these past couple of years through that journey. So it's been, it's been cool. And I feel like the book is a great reflection of that. Yeah. And I know I'll ask this for Maddie, because I know she wants to write a book someday, but like, what does that process look like? What, what yeah. goes into writing a book? How long did it take you? Yeah, they, uh, they approached us right after Tokyo. So that was 2021. Um, and we started the process. I knew like, I, I love to write. I love poetry. I love writing my own things, but there's something crazy about having to write about your own life where I was like, I don't even know where to start. And so I knew I needed help and I knew I needed a ghostwriter to help me get my thoughts down on paper. And, you know, I could go back and change things into my own words, but just having a rough draft. Um, so I actually ended up working with two ghostwriters and that was over the span of about a year and a half, uh, just kind of getting through all of that and, and getting a manuscript down on paper. Um, for some people, it's quicker if they're great at writing and they know what they want to write. But for me, with schedule, with everything going on, I was like, I'm going to need help and it's going to take time. So like weekly, I would meet with them. We would do interviews, talk through things, plan things out. And so, yeah, it took a very long time. Um, but once we got the first manuscript down, it was really just kind of like editing through, changing things, adding scripture. Um I'm like, I'm still so new to this. I'm like, we have to go on a book tour now and all these things. Like, I I don't even, I never imagined at this point in life, just like doing all of this. So it has been very brand new. Um, But it's also been very rewarding just kind of seeing all of it come together. 
but I'm curious what, what is your book going to be about? No, I have no idea. Like you said that you, you like don't know, or you don't know how like you're old enough to live or like you haven't lived long enough to write a book. I feel the same way, but I just kind of feel called. Yeah. I just kind of feel like it's been on my heart since I was like in high school, probably. So okay. I don't know what it's going to be, but hopefully it will be impactful. You know? Yeah. 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 I love that. Love um, so I have kind of like, I don't want to say an intimate question, but it may feel intimate. Um, it's a question I asked Johnny and I went to Europe in March. And if you can like picture the scene, we were on, we were in Barcelona mm-hmm. and we were on top of the city basically. And we were just with uh, like some charcuterie and we were just having a really deep conversation about our faith. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but this question is like my favorite question now to ask people. So, and I was looking it up because I always forget the fruits of the spirit. I can never remember all of them. But when you think about the fruits of the spirit, I think that it's really hard to, um, of course we would all like to have all of them every day. Right. But that's not, that's not always possible because we're human and we're sinners. With that being said, what is one fruit of the spirit that you think you really exemplify when someone meets you? They're like, Oh, Sid is Sid really exemplifies this for the spirit. And then what's one that you feel like, you know, I really struggle with whether it be like, peace or, you know, self-control or whatever it is. And just kind of touch on that a little bit. I would say one that I truly want to continue to grow in is just patience. Uh, I feel like my patience, and I believe that's a fruit of the spirit. Yeah, it is. I know I had to look it up. So like, no, (laughs) if you want. Patience, patience, just in terms of um, just results. You know, not just on the track, but just in life. I think I, no pun intended, live a very fast-paced life. Like mm-hmm. I love things to just go like that. Um, and even just like within myself, wanting to grow in the Lord, I'm like, why hasn't this happened? Why hasn't this happened? Why am I not at this stage yet? Um, I think that's something I definitely am continuing to want to grow in. But uh, it's ironic. I would say when people first meet me there is a certain sense now of peace that they see. Um, if you would have met me three or four years ago, I don't know what you would have seen. There would have been no fruit of the spirit, to be honest, because I didn't. <laughs> but I do think like, and I've, I've talked to people that knew me before and now, and they're like, you just, there's just a sense of peace about you. And I'm like, that's just, that's just Christ. That's not me. I, that's the Holy Spirit in my life. Just truly letting me be at peace about what's taking place. Um, but I love that there is a visible, you know, uh, part that people can actually see the change uh, that's taken place in my life, which is really cool. Totally, totally. And it's funny you said peace because I couldn't agree more. That's I when I was looking them up to make sure I knew them, <laughs> I saw peace and I was like, I hope I hope she says that because that's what yeah. someone who doesn't know you that well. Um, I agree. You really shine uh, very peacefully, and I do think also they evolve right in seasons you're going to be have more fruit have more of a fruit than in different seasons and same with less than so i like that answer yeah a lot. yeah that was um the subject of our team study a couple days ago so that was awesome no way yeah oh really what'd you say taylor what was your answer um kindness for something that i feel like i the most right and um self-control for one that i'm working on so uh sid 
switching gears a little bit, you are preparing for your third Olympics, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. You're 24 and your third Olympics. So it's pretty awesome. <laughs> what does, how does preparation look different now than it did when you were 16? And mm-hmm. what are you kind of learning going into this third games? That is crazy to say. <laughs> that is like insane. When you just said that, I was like, wait, no, it's not. Um, I'm glad I wasn't. Uh, wrong. <laughs> I was like, wait, um, Man, I think preparation is very different. I tell people all the time, like when I was 16, my coaches and I, like we tried our very best to do the best we could, but we just didn't know what to expect at all. And from there, like I'm so grateful for that experience, even though I didn't compete to the best that I could have, just because you do know what it's like, because the Olympics is intense and insane at the same time. I don't, I don't think I have yet to have a normal Olympics. And what I mean by that is Rio, a lot of people didn't come, first of all, because of Zika. Um, and then also oh just, just like the stadium wasn't full um, because, you know, people couldn't afford tickets. Like it just, I remember being in a stadium and it was like half empty, you know, like it wasn't like the full Olympic experience. And then obviously Tokyo, there's nobody there. You're wearing a mask everywhere. Everybody's at home. So I feel like Paris, God willing, will be my first real full Olympic experience. Um, And it is, I mean, my coach has said it multiple times, like this sets you up for the rest of your career. Like this is the one, you know, everyone's kind of looking at this Olympics like that. And I think the preparation is you don't have to, don't change what works. You know, people want to kind of do a bunch of new crazy stuff in Olympic year or even just like during a big championship, just because it's like we have to show out. But a lot of people end up hurting themselves, both physically and just like during the timeline of doing too much. And so I think for us, it's sticking with what we know works, um, keeping our faith. You know, my coach, we pray before every race. We talk about scripture. We maybe preach in sermons at the track sometimes. <laughs> like, like, I think we we continue to keep our faith. We continue to focus on our goals and keep our heads down and work on what we have to do. Um, and like I said, kind of just listen, uh, not listen to the outside noise. Um, stay off the social medias. Don't read the blogs. And when it's time, just go out there and do what we know how to do. That's so exciting. I, we're we're excited to watch and kind of just see where your career continues to go. Um, are you guys going to be I'm also curious about? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sid. Are you guys going to be like in the media zone with like a microphone asking questions? Or I wish Taylor, you might be. She's she's a broadcaster. Z is so are going into broadcasting. If you see me, don't, yeah. don't don't dodge me. You know, just come to me first, and that'll set me up for the rest of my career. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, so, Sid, we've had like a lot of different professional athletes on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and women professional athletes are so different than ma- male professional athletes, of course, too. So walk us through like a day in the life of a training right now. And, and just like, what does your life look like on a daily basis? Well, right now it's a little bit different because um, I'm not fully back into the swing of things. Um, yeah. I would say like once we really are a day in the life is I'll probably wake up in the morning. Um, Andre goes to school very early, so I'm kind of there by myself. He's in seminary right now and he leaves at like 6 a.m. So uh, (laughs) I'm up and making some sort of breakfast, something healthy, uh, like oatmeal, eggs, sausage, 
enough protein or whatever. Um, and then I go to practice, which will be anywhere from like two to two and a half hours on the track. Um, depending on what day it is, it'll either be like speed, speed endurance, um, longer tempo, hurdle technique, so on and so forth. And then from there, we'll have like an hour break for lunch. Then we go to the weight room for another 90 minutes to two hours, um, depending on what kind of session it is that day. And then from there, uh, if there's some sort of treatment I need to get, whether it be Cairo, massage, needling, um, I'll go do that. We have a bunch of different therapists all over LA, so it depends on who we want that day or who we need that day. Uh, for my body. And then from there, I go to the cold plunge or sauna for recovery, making sure that's taken care of. And then obviously figuring out some sort of dinner and then going home and putting on some Normatex, laying on the couch, reading my Bible, making sure that's in there. And uh, yeah, just getting ready to do it all over again the next day. So that was the part. Yeah, go ahead, Sid. It's very different from college in the sense of everything is right there in track and field. Like I'm driving all over LA to get to all of these different places. Like that's the one thing that's like crazy. Man. Yeah. That's like definitely not the same as when you were running through Nutterfield house and it's like all in Nutterfield house. Right. Right. The part that's crazy about track that's so different than volleyball is the amount of time you guys spend in the weight room. Mm. we would always talk about that you guys when i say you guys the track team at kentucky was always in the weight room we like didn't lift weights like like during season specifically we just didn't lift so two hours in the in the weight room is like blasphemous to me that's crazy (laughs) if we had a lift that lasted longer than like 35 minutes we're like wow there's a long one exercises would those be a lot of functional functional movement so a lot of band work a lot of um like low weight high rep we're talking about in season like out of season of course you kind of get your bell rang a little bit for it's more mental though than physical so um it's all about like more like um mobility i would say z would you agree with that answer yeah it most of the things we do in season lifting wise is a lot of like injury prevention type stuff or like strength maintaining it's we're not trying to pr or anything like that but in the summertime we'll get after we'll be in there for probably like an hour but never yeah. 90 minutes to two hours that's that's ringing my <laughs> bell so no yeah they would like have you in therapy if you were if someone was trying to work out for two hours yeah. like our coaches would be like that's not good <laughs> it's, it's just so different so we have a girl that we're going to have like the episode's going to be released in a few weeks, but like whatever. Um, and she was one of the wisest people that I've ever talked to. She's a really winning coach, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, she talked about her professional board of directors. Hmm. So the people in her life that when she needs advice, she's going to, hmm. um, and she's talking about professionally. So professionally, who is your board of directors? And it can, it very well could be like your parents and, and your husband, but I don't know if you've like put any thought into that, but who would be your, who would be on that board if you had to pick? Wow. I will, I would say the first person is my husband for sure. Um, I mean, he was a professional athlete, played in the NFL, had a career ending injury, um, but he knows the space. He understands my life and 
what's going on and what I'm going through. And I think there's nobody that I know who has my interest at heart more than him, um, my best interest at heart more than him. And so his view is never going to be one of personal gain. It's always going to be what best benefits Sydney. Um, so he would be number one for sure. Um, I would say definitely my parents conjoined. Um, I think they're second on there in terms of having my best interest at heart and uh, seeing me through this whole process. Uh, very wise in terms of just how things can be done in a way that um, is morally, you know, up to standard. I think is a huge part of it. Um, and then from there, I would have my coach and his wife. So Bobby Kersey and then Jackie Joyner Kersey, uh, two of, I think, the most influential, wisest people, not just in track, but just in, in life in terms of how much they care and love people and, and helping people and um, doing things that leave an impact far beyond their time in, in sports. and. Um, yeah, Jackie is like, Jackie is such a gem. If you ever get the chance to meet Jackie, you're going to be blessed beyond measure because she is just, she is just like America's sweetheart. I truly can't get over just how amazing of an athlete she was, but also just a person who um, just invests in people. And I think all of that wisdom from all of the years of life lived between everyone I named, uh, just, I feel like you can't get better than that. It's, we were talking to um, that same guest a couple days ago, and she mentioned the name Billie Jean King. And to me, mm-hmm. like, Jack, Jackie Joyner-Cruzy holds that same weight. Like, that's, like, legendary name. And that's someone you're around yeah. every day, like, that's such a blessing. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, I have a question, and you can plead the fifth or whatever, but we've seen you tear up the track uh, in the 400-meter hurdles. I'm just curious to know, like, are we going to see a 200-meter Sid? Uh, one hundred meter said, "What like are we going to see something different in the upcoming years?" And if you could, what would you pick? Well, there was one event that you will probably never do, but you wish you could. What would you pick? Well, I feel like <laughs> I'm gonna plead the fifth on good choice. Good choice on most of it, but. One event I miss doing most is long jump. Mm. I love the long jump. It's, cool. it's a good answer. It's, it's a really a- good answer. Have you ever? I don't. I will be honest. I don't know much, as much about track as he does. Have you ever done the heptathlon? <laughs> nope. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I like. I was like, man, I have the world like the world record holder right here to access, but I'm like. At the same time, it's just so taxing on the body in terms of all of those events. And if you haven't done it for most of your life, I just feel like that's a very hard space to just jump into. Um, And so as much as I've been intrigued and my coach and I have like toyed with the idea, I'm just like, it, it would take, I feel like too long to get where I need to be in some of the events. Some of them, I'm, I feel like I could do great, but those throws, I'm just like, mm, I don't know yeah. about that. Yeah. Right. So. Risk almost like, or the, the reward doesn't really outweigh the risk in that. Yeah. So um, we'll take, we'll take the pleading the fifth as an indication for everyone to be watching out for Sydney McLaughlin and LeBron. And yeah, good. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'll take that as that answer. Taylor, Taylor do you want to uh, do the last and best question or do you want me to do it? I mean, you you got it. All right. Oh, okay. Sounds good. This. What'd you say? 
already know what this question is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you're prepared to be good. And you know what? You know what? I copied it from, well, that's good. So you already probably got to ask you what's. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I said, uh, with that being said, for all our female listeners out there with maybe like two men that are our dads, probably. Um, what piece of advice would you give to all the winning women listening? Mm. I would give, and it's very countercultural, but and it's going to sound very negative, but you can't do it by yourself. Like mm-hmm. you don't have the power, the strength, the wisdom within yourself to do majority of things that we want to do in life to be able to sustain yourself. And that's why I would say my number one piece of advice is to give your life to Christ and to seek him as refuge and Lord, because from there it gives a sense of understanding and direction for everything and you realize that you were never meant to carry a lot of the weight that you carry. And it's actually not healthy. And from that starting point, he can put you on the path and direct you to all that he calls you to be, not what you want to be, but what's actually best in according to his will. So I love it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So this is it. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you guys. This has been fun. You guys make me try- What'd you say? You guys make me want to try volleyball. <laughs> I haven't played. I've never played. Really? It's not big on the East Coast yet. Mm. It's not as big on the East Coast as it is. Um, it's big in California. It's big in Texas. And then it's, it's big in the Midwest. But like the East Coast are late adopters for sure. Yeah. We'll see. Well, we got to get you out to a game. Um, yeah. There you go. I'll hold you to that. Okay. Well, good <laughs> luck tonight. Thank you so much. Yeah. All my listeners. Well, I guess this won't happen, but hopefully we win against Georgia by the time you guys listen to this. Woo! God willing. Lord willing. God willing. Please. Yeah. Yes. So thank you so much. It's this has been a blessing. We will be sure to stay in touch, and we always tell our guests if we're ever in the same city as you at the same time, we're grabbing dinner. Deal. Yeah. Deal. Let's I love it. it. All right. I love it. Thank you, Sid. Thanks, Sid. Thanks, Sid.